0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Tribe Method podcast where we help gym owners, coaches and trainers run better businesses and inspire healthier humans. My name is Evan Bardis. I'm your host and the head of marketing here at Tribe, a powerful gym management platform designed to help you build your fitness community. Now, let's get started. All right, so let's dive in. Okay. Um, Hey everyone. So, uh, central to, you know, kind of everything we're working on over at, at tribe is gym owner community, right? We're, uh, we're building our product around it and we're trying to deliver as much value as possible with our content around it. So we're always looking for ways to deliver that value and that's exactly why we wanted to to have this conversation today. So we're, we're trying to be a little bit more thoughtful in the way we're putting out webinars. Um, as an example, we had just a call, Last night, just to kind of walk through some overview stuff with Jason and uh, Stu, so we can be a little bit more prepared for things that we want to talk about, um, rather than shipping out you know thirty or forty different webinars. We understand there's there's a wave of noise and information right now in the market, so our contribution right now is to to be thoughtful and distribute the things that we think are going to deliver the most value and create clarity. Uh, That's that's our biggest goal here today is to help deliver you guys some clarity on a bunch of different topics. Now. That's nice. I think in theory, because inherently there is a lot of uncertainty right now in the market, uh, with the way the industry is, we'll certainly address that head on. Uh, but the things that we can provide clarity on and, and give Jason and Stu's experience for is really going to help people out, um, and I think will ultimately help rise the tides together. Right. So that's the that's the purpose of why we're here. You know, we want to help shine some light on on some of those key topics that I know many of you guys are facing. So the structure of this is going to kind of look like ten minutes of basic intros, and then we're gonna go into a lot of question and answer. Some of them that we've curated on our end, but uh, probably the back half of this hour, last 30 minutes, will pretty much be all Q&A. So if you guys have uh, ideas, questions, thoughts that you'd like to drop into the chat channel, you'll see in the bottom middle of your screen there's a chat bubble. Uh, Shay and myself will be monitoring that throughout the webinar here. So drop a question in there whenever you feel necessary and I'll try and pick out some of the most valuable ones for that 30-minute back half. All right, so without further ado, guys, let's start talking to some of our guests. We have Jason Kalipa, Stuart Brower on with us. Super excited, guys. Thank you much, so much for taking the time. Uh, really appreciate it. My pleasure, buddy.
1: Yeah, um, happy to be here.
0: So, I mean, most people know exactly who you guys are, but I think let's just start by talking about how you guys are both doing. Maybe just give us a, a quick update on uh, the businesses that you run. Uh, and work in and, uh, and then just bring us current to what you've done in the past four weeks with all that's
2: been going on. Do West Coast first. Do you want to go first, Jace? You go, brother. You go. Come on. All right. uh, so East Coast first. So uh, we had our mandatory shutdown um, going on th- close to three weeks ago. First thing we did, you know, we leveraged the equipment rental, which I think a lot of people are doing. We started producing on-demand streaming workouts immediately. And for a sh- very short period, we were doing outdoor park workouts that lasted about a week. And then we decided that was not a good move. Even though jurisdictionally wise, I can still run outdoor workouts with certain social distancing. It was not a good long-term brand optic for us. We wanted to be a part of the, the solution, not the problem. So we went all remote. Um, Our service offering has now thus extended from on-demand streaming is mainly what we do. It's 99% of what we're doing. It has several different facets, which I can get into today. And some of the content kind of bundle that Evan's going to be sending out to you guys is how we've evolved that content. We do a daily live. It's a quick movement challenge. That is a B2B play. We go around the local businesses, grab local businesses, say, Hey, I know you're hurting. You sell micro, you know, your microbrewery, your local cafe, a restaurant or whatever. What kind of deal special do you have going on that I can get to my members? Cool. Great. Give me that. And then we do this movement challenge and we just randomly pick someone and we're shipping out 10, $15 gift cards every single time we do this. And we were doing this five days a week since we've started this. And it just allows that, you know, circle of repetitive, pay it forward. They're supporting local by still paying my membership. I'm supporting local other businesses. It goes around in circles. Everyone, we didn't change memberships. I, me and Jay had a great conversation last night with Evan about how, what they've altered and I'm going to let him speak to how he's altered memberships. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. People can opt into cancellation if they want, they would follow the same cancellation policies we previously had. So, you know, very, very few currently right now have opted into cancellation and we now offer a financial hardship freeze. If you can prove to me that you've been furloughed or laid off, you will receive the same exactly what you were just receiving equipment, rental on demand, streaming workouts at 50% of the revenue or at 50% of the membership cost. Um, until the current, you know, April 30th date. And we're going to probably be extending that. As we all know, this is not going to be over by April 30th. Um, Since then, we've just evolved our content, full length, 60 minute classes, express version classes. And then what I'm calling like the cherry picking classes, giving people a core workout, an upper body functional bodybuilding workout, a lower body burner, uh, a marathon runners, you know, workout. Like we're just creating everything because I want what I have through studio which is where we upload all of our content um i want it to be like netflix you grab your remote you go on netflix you don't even know what the fuck you're gonna watch i want to have so much workout content for my members on there they can just open up and be and like what do i want to do today i, I you know what, i'm gonna bro it up i just want to do chest and arms in this chest and arms build workout that they put up last week i haven't hit that one yet or man i haven't tried that running workout it's a beautiful day i'm gonna go do that running workout So that's what I'm trying to create. And that's what, you know, I'm seeing has been successful for a lot of the gyms is accepting that you're now a media company overnight. We always were media companies, just none of us really realized it. And now you're forced into it. So um, that's currently where we're at right now. Um, And uh, yeah, we're just figuring this thing out. Just like you guys, we've applied for the loans, um, like everybody else and grants that are offered by various organizations. We have not received any money, much like most of us, uh, most of you guys, um, but that's currently it. And, and as far as the loans and stuff, go, I'm just going to put my, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not the guy to ask about it. I pay and I have a banker and my financial guys that are doing all that. Um, I know the high level of it, but I, I'm not a PPP, EIDL resource
1: whatsoever. Ooh. West Coast. Yeah, yeah West Coast. So, hey, everybody, um, I'm Jason Klepa, and a little bit about our business because I think it helps kind of lay the framework for what's going on with us. We have three main verticals of our business. We have open to the public gyms, very similar to probably what most of you guys have. Um, we have corporate wellness locations um, with different companies, that's another vertical. And then we have a digital um, product called the NC Fit Collective, which is our tools that we provide gym owners, and, and and it's an app that we have for our members. The reason why that's different is because our pivots had to do with the fact that we had three different chains. Now, if if we had a single site location and didn't have the app already built out and stuff like that, we might not be doing what we're doing today. So I just want to lay that framework. So when we started seeing things were escalating, we enacted, our first step was to enact a class reservation system, which was something we didn't have before to create social distancing. And I actually think it's a really good thing for you guys to be aware of, that I think even after we're allowed to reopen, I still think there'll be, this sense of um, people are going to be a little leery for a while. And I do think that starting off, it's a good idea, at least for us, that'll be our third pivot. So when we have our third pivot, which I'll explain with our first and second are, I think it's cool for you guys to think about if you hadn't had class reservations before, it might be a good time for you to evaluate if you should incorporate them and then what those systems and procedures look like. Just something to think about. For us, we had already had the systems and procedures. We just hadn't enacted them yet. So once this happened, it was a really good reason to enact it, and it got our coaches and member buy-in really easily. So when we open back up, we, it's not like we're just going to go from being closed to hundreds and hundreds of people in our gym. I think it's going to be a slow progression. We need to prove to our members we're doing everything we can to keep them safe. So just a side note. All right. So as soon as we were closed down, uh, first thing we did is we had pivot number one, which was really to stop the bleeding. And we're going to have a document that we're putting out with Evan and the tribe team that I would highly recommend. You know, I think nowadays it's really important that no one comes off as the subject material expert in COVID because no one has ever gone through this before. And we're simply just sharing insight on how we're approaching it. But the document that we're sharing is pretty black and white. Like whether you're Stu, a JP from whoever you are, any gym owner would probably look at this list and be like, yeah, makes sense. So make sure you take a look at that because the first pivot we did was, you know, for example, uh, turning off our internet, or if you don't, if you're not using it, turning off your, um, you know, unnecessary, you know, towel service, cleaning service, uh, you know, unless you want to support those people, which is fine. We went through a, a checklist and started saying, Hey, cash is King. What are we doing? Right. We're not paying rents. We're not doing this. We're not prepaying car- pre- credit cards. So we'll have that list. That was our first pivot is stop the bleeding. Right? Our second pivot was, okay, what are we going to do from a longer-term perspective? And what we did, which is different than what Stu did, is we actually put all of our memberships on hold effective April 1st. So leading up to April 1st, we clearly communicated what we were going to provide people, which we'll all go into. But as of April 1st, we were worried that we were going to get a lot of members who canceled or wanted to be put on hold. And from a customer service forward perspective, we put everybody on hold. I don't know if that was the right move, but our community size is also really large. And so because it's so large, we don't have those same intimate, you know, if I had a gym with a hundred members, I think we'd be having a different conversation than if we have thousands. And so I I, I think that has to be taken into consideration. Now, what we did on end of March is we sent out an email to all of our members and we said, guys, you have four options. Okay. Option number one is you keep your membership as is 200 bucks a month. And we would really appreciate your support. What comes with it are these three things. You get an equipment rental, which for us, we used DocuSign. So I don't think many other gyms should be doing this. But because we had 500 uh, equipment rentals, which was quite a bit, I mean, it's not, that's that's quite a bit of people. Um, We did a DocuSign to make sure we appropriately documented it and clearly explained the, the give and the take with that situation. So you don't end up reopening your gym without any equipment. So we use DocuSign. We said, hey, if you, you either keep your membership, get, rent the equipment, um, you get access to our digital f- products, which we're utilizing Facebook for live events. But we're also um, performing like uh, curated content similar to what Stu's talking about, which I think is really important. I think that these Zoom classes and live classes are great. I do. But I don't think long-term members are going to be bought into it as long because people don't like the idea of like, the streaming quality sucks sometimes. Sometimes they can't make it. There's a variety of issues. Like, I'm having those issues. And so I think our the best live that we've found is YouTube for us, just, just as me. But we also curate content ahead of time. We give people the option. So everybody gets the workouts ahead of time that are already videotaped. And if they want to join live with their coaches, they can. So that was something that's important. So first membership option, pay your current fee, get, member, uh, get the equipment rental, get the Um, digital product. And then um, we also are returning that month to them within 120 days. So this is something that's unique to us. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just telling you what we're doing. If someone keeps their current membership and we continue to get that cash flow, right? Oh, hi, Stefan. If, sorry, if someone decides to keep their current membership option, we will return the months that they give us back to them within 120 days. And so what that means is that they're essentially getting a free membership to our gym eventually by supporting us through this challenging time. So that was option one. Option two was you just enroll in our digital products, which is $39 a month. Okay. That includes our app. That includes our Facebook group. That includes our lives. That's just a separate membership tier that we put out to them. Uh, option three was obviously to go on hold or stay on hold. And then option four was virtual personal training, which I know Stu, uh, has in his document, which was an additional way that we could support our coaches. So what that was, was people could go in and they could use our digital products, but then they could also opt in for, let's just say a hundred bucks. I think it's, we're doing, um, $40 per half hour, $80 an hour for a virtual private session with me and Stu, for example, like I'm the athlete, Stu's my coach. And I think that one-on-one connection is really important. So what we thought our members would do is pay 39 bucks and then opt in for virtual personal training. Uh, But those were the options we gave them. And that was our second pivot. And then we'll get ready for our third pivot in about a month's time when we think we're going to reopen. What does that process look like? How are we going to knock it out of the park? Sorry for going so long winded. No, that was
0: great. I think that that brings us current. Um, I want to drill a little bit deeper into some of those pivots and, and get a little bit tactical and like, what are the steps you went through? And I want to also orient folks, uh, cause Stu and Jason both brought up the idea of a content bundle. And I want to be very clear what that is. So at the end of this, and this wasn't communicated cause we're trying to do things as fast as possible and get you guys, you know, value as fast as possible. We're going to be sending you a content bundle that includes a nice PDF asset from Jason and his crew. Uh, a, a cool like a slideshow type deck from stew and a piece of content from tribe as well in one email. So assuming you've provided your email upon registration, which I believe every single person here did uh, we'll we'll get that out to you as soon as this is over. Um, so if that ever gets brought up again, just know that that, that asset is coming in the future. Maybe we'll do it beforehand. Um, cool. So let's, let's talk about kind of pivot one, which I think you both started going through, which is stop the bleeding, right? What financial measures have you guys taken? to reduce costs. So how did you start approaching that process for yourselves and, and how did that affect either your your staff or the, the current overhead structure that you currently have in place? Also, are you guys both paying rent right now or is that part of the, the loan process?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I own my building. I'm still paying rent. I'm waiting to hear back on my commercial mortgage deferment and what that looks like. I have tenants. Um, I cut them a good deal. Um, rent wise, they're going to have uh, half of their rent completely forgiven. Um, and we're going to go ahead and for last month, and we will f- probably going to give them full refund, you know, free rent going forward until we figure this things out. Because nobody, and that's one thing, landlords are not in a leverageable, leverageable position. Nobody wants to be like a landlord, like an 08, where the, all the businesses went out of business. And then you had to market your space at below, well below market rent. It's better to keep someone in there under that current fair market value that was established in 2019, 2017, whenever you signed your lease, that's the ideal. Um, I, we, we, so we had, we had a bunch of capital intensive projects in Urban Movement that we were spending a good amount of money on, froze all of those. So no capital, like all those are put on hold. Um, one thing we did and we looked at this, I, you know, and I, I wanted to get a fun screenshot of this yesterday alone, we made $6,000 getting rid of old equipment that we've just had been sitting in storage and in stock. Like, do you guys realize the used at home equipment market is out the ass right now? I mean, literally selling busted ass assault bikes that aren't worth 400 for 600. And I'm not, you know, your ethics on price gouging and shit like that, you know, supply and demand, the laws are there. Um, but so like we got rid of all the equipment that we didn't need. If it was not a part of my model, it's gone. It's sold within a, for 24 hours. It's you know, excess row you know rowers and stuff. So we've done stuff like that. And then you know again, my, the, my, our financial guys that planned this, anything that we had actually, Jason has like recurring expenses, those subscriptions that you have for things, canceled everything that was non-essential that I don't still need happening in there. Um, There's a little bit more ins and outs with having two tenants in the buildings and what we're turning on and off and things like that. But all non-essential expenses went the way payroll stayed on. I uh, was able, I have two full-time salaried benefited individuals. They are staying on full-time and they're probably working now more than ever. Um, Beyond that, that was uh, we, you know, sold what we got. We got real lean equipment wise, real fucking lean. And we turned off all capital intensive projects.
1: So, one note i just want to say on on Stu's mention I, th- I think he would agree with that i know he would agree with this is that before you go out and sell your equipment make sure that's not equipment they're going to need to utilize once yeah. you reopen because yeah, sure getting that equipment back yeah. don't sell what you don't need yeah because then you're gonna be right. buying it back at even a higher rate yeah well because right now you're gonna say oh okay i'm gonna sell a rower uh for a thousand bucks right and you're you think you're doing uh, yourself a service the problem is when you go to reopen Right, you're not gonna be able to get a rower. Rowers are pushed out for another 45 days, so even if you wanted it, it's gonna be out another two months. So just be aware of that. I think selling like junky old equipment, sure, go for it, but just keep in mind. Um, I wanted to kind of share with you all something that I've been really thinking about lately, and it's this quote and it says, Just because you deliver bad news doesn't make you a bad person, and I think that's a really interesting quote right now because. We have a, a pretty large staff at NC Fit and it's probably a little bit outside the scope of what most boutique gym owners have on this call. But we had to make some really tough decisions and we had to relay some, some challenging thoughts to them about going on unemployment and looking for that or utilizing their PTO. So for us, what we did is we sat down we said, hey, are we doing our staff a service by paying everybody all the time? or?" Should we only pay the people that are actually going to be working because we have a duty to our business, which is a separate entity to reopen. And I just wanted to share that with all of you to kind of give you like this glimpse into what I'm thinking, which is not all, you know, just because you deliver bad news doesn't make you a bad person. I think it's really important that when you have these friends in your business, you want to keep paying them. And I get that. But I talked to a gym owner the other day and they said, hey, I'm going to pay all of our people through April. But if this thing goes to May, we're probably going to have to shut our doors. Well, then are you really doing them a service by paying them through April? Or are you actually doing them a disservice? Right now, there's a lot of government assistance out there. You can make quite a bit through unemployment. It's just something to consider. That's all I'm saying. For us, our full-timers have uh, paid time off that they accrue, and a lot of them are using their PTO. Um, our part-timers could jump in on our virtual personal training, or they can go ahead and qualify for unemployment. Those were things that I had to do as a person to say, hey, there's NC Fit, the business which has to be sustainable. And if you're not working, how can I pay you? When some people are working, there's going to be resentment built up. And then Jason Kalipa could come and try and support people personally. But the business needs to be hold responsible to have cash flow so that when this thing gets over, we're we're still able to stand on two feet. We don't know how long this thing is going to go for. So I would just make sure you guys think about it. Like, do you have enough cash in the bank to pay all your people all the time for the next 90 days, 120 days, and still reopen with enough cash to float you for another 90 days to get it back up to running. And if you don't, maybe you need to make some tough decisions. That's all I'm saying.
0: Right on. Um, you guys talked about content for sure. I, I know Stu touched on uh, what he's doing there and, and doing curated content and, and Kalipa you talked about um, being on YouTube. Let, let's look into that a little bit more. What exactly, like do you guys have a, a weekly cadence that you're rolling out? Uh, or, or maybe let me rephrase it. How is your content Looking right now as it relates to your current community and to something Jason mentioned What do you guys think will actually get folks to stick? If something like, you know, Jim who's running live classes via zoom does start to fade, you know Because the novelty is maybe gone and there's issues.
1: I'm, I'm pretty confident. I don't know if Stu would agree or disagree I'm almost 95% confident that if all you're doing is live classes the allure will go away eventually. If it's shitty quality, you can't hear the coach, the lighting's not good. Uh, what do you think, Stu? If, it, if all you're doing I, is live. I disagree, live-
2: I'm 150 fucking percent confident that it's. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So again, in Zoom, this is what it's meant. It's a one-to-one video conference tool or a maybe one to three video conference call, call tool with a bunch of people watching it is not a live virtual training tool. You were trying to make a technology do something it was never designed for. If I drop down and do a fucking plank right now, none of you fuckers can see me. You guys, any of you guys who've been doing the Zoom calls in these classes, you understand the nuance of it and you have a percentage of your membership that loves the accountability of showing up and seeing faces like this. This is the most people I've seen in weeks. And we're all used to seeing a lot of faces. I get how this makes some people feel. And if it's not bothering you, like if you can still do it a couple times a week to keep those members happy, great. I promise you, give it eight weeks, give it 12 weeks. It's not worth the dollar amount they're paying if that's all you're doing. Make it a part of your strategy, not the entire game plan.
1: Yeah, and so to, to add uh, to what um Stu's saying, what we're doing at NC Fit is we are utilizing... um three primary channels channel number one is a private facebook group for only our members there's pros and cons there the pros are a lot of people have facebook you could do facebook live we have um, four coaches a day on it doing a 7 a.m workout a 12 o'clock workout a morning like get out of bed something and an evening nutrition and mindset every single day, right? All of our coaches are on there engaging with their people, specifically the head coaches from our different locations are, are playing a role there. Um, that's just like icing on top of the cake. What we're also doing is we're creating like longer term nutritional like uh, templates and webinars for people to ha- like really try and dive in, not just like a live, like, Oh, Hey, this is what we're focused on today. It's like, no, sign up for this webinar. It's free. And we're going to go over this nutrition Philosophy that we're gonna have and then this template that we're gonna hold you accountable to so those are the type of things We're doing from nutritional live Facebook We're also utilizing YouTube because I just think the quality is a lot higher Um, And then we utilize our own digital app and the reason why we believe the app is a great component for us And again, I have to caveat this by saying we already have an app We've spent a lot of money on it, but if you don't have an app there might be another alternative What I'm worried about with Facebook is that we don't own Facebook. We don't own zoom and I'm worried that if these platforms get overcrowded, there might be an opportunity where we not might not be able to engage the same way bandwidth drops down. We just don't own it. We, we don't own any of that. So what we're putting out every day is six different workouts, which is quite a bit. We really are focused on three with follow along content. And then also just like five minute, Hey, this is what the workout is. This is how you do it. This is how you scale it. Plus we have the lives as additional icing on top of the cake. That's the way we're doing it because we have an app. If you didn't have an app, I don't know, whatever Stu's doing could probably work too.
2: I think it's interesting, me and Jace both on there, but we both, you guys realize we both make content at scale, like even visiting, I mean, he's literally shooting videos inside of a room that's essentially a, what most of your gyms look like is their shooting studio. Like we're, we're doing this all the time and he's got this amazing app product. I don't think anybody was as ready for this as Jason and all this. And, and so for you guys, I obviously was not at that place. And I think he's 100% right you guys realize the number of, like the increase in Facebook groups that have happened since COVID happened? Skyrocketed. Do you know what's happened to the increase of denotifying a Facebook groups happened? Skyrocketed. The problem with Facebook groups as the sole delivery method beyond the reasons Jason says, it's fucking annoying for practical realization. Like you guys ever been on a group text app where everyone's the ding, the ding, the ding all day? You guys know how these Facebook groups are. You've got 120 people in there and like 20% are chatty Cathy's in your Facebook group. It can be kind of annoying. I don't think Facebook groups is the best delivery method. I think YouTube channels, Vimeo channels are where the content has to be stored. But if you don't have your own private app like Jason, and for the reasons Jason listed, the ones I just listed, you know, utilizing things like you know, we're utilizing Studio as a place to have all of our tailored content right then and there on studio where it'll just live people can comment there's engagement it's community but we own it and then i can use this private you know white labeled app to pretty much be able to go ahead and use it as a downsell in the future and as an add-on to my current membership going forward so this video content stuff it was a way of life for jason before this it should be a way of life for all of us going forward. This is not just COVID band-aids. That's not what we're doing with this content for. This needs to be a way of service offering going forward. Oh, you need to cancel your membership? Well, listen, we've got movement anywhere. It's twenty-four ninety-five a month. And then that way you can still follow along at home and blah, blah, blah. And we'll ship you some dumbbells and this, that, and the other thing. So I think um, from there, guys, when you're thinking about where to be putting this, you've got Zooms, those are live, great, keep doing those. You've got pre-recorded on-demand streaming content, awesome. Become the Netflix of that for your members. They can go on there and access anything. I wanna do abs. I wanna do but. Use YouTube, use Vimeo, deliver it during Facebook now, but again, I recommend in-house. And some apps, like some member management software, I know Tribe has a great, great way for people to go ahead and access these videos within their app right? My member management, you like, like it doesn't have that. So I'm using, so I'm using uh, studio, whatever it is you're going to use. I want you to just realize that is now the home for all this content. And now it's your job to just come up with as much of it as possible. I've got members like you guys probably working out twice a day out of boredom.
1: <laughs> hey, I just wanted to, so a couple things real quick, guys. Um, this is a good conversation, but I think that, um, so I've never heard of Studio, but it sounds like Studio is a, just a platform that you could upload to, which I think is great because it's, it's something special, something that you could, we could also use a password protected website if you guys want to. So something that we do is we also have a password protected website in addition to the app. So people want to go on there, they could just get the password each month. But what I want to touch base on is something that's Stu said, and I hope you guys caught it. because I think it's really interesting. What we're doing at our gyms, when we're pivoting, we're pivoting for things that could last the long term. I think that's really important. Sit down, and evaluate. Whatever we do, if it's working, why can't we continue this process in the future? Like virtual personal training, if you create an awareness of your brand and who you are, maybe that could create a virtual opportunity for your coaches that then could lead to in person, for example. Or maybe you could create these digital platforms that then you could start expanding your reach at a lower price point. These are just examples. But one thing I want to share with you is the way we film our videos, this way we do it is once a week so we have all the programming everything's all designed, blah blah and then once a week we'll get together and at least we're doing it right now is we have a variety of people that are filming but let's just take for myself i will meet with one videographer we will curate the content for a week and then that goes up two weeks from now so you, you we're filming the content for two weeks from now but we're filming it all in one day We're just hitting all the videos and going over all that content and storing it. We utilize Vimeo, and then boom, we upload it into our whatever platform you want. What I'm using also is a Sony. um, It's an A6400. I think you have the same one with a Rode. If you use a Rode R H R O D E, -E. yeah, Rode um, lavalier mic. So there's two things I would really, really beg for you guys to think about: lighting and sound matter. Lighting and sound matter. Okay, so the reason why I'm wearing a headset right now and and Stu's using a microphone is because the audio quality is night and day. So my recommendation would be to look at um, like getting like some lighting. Like you know you can get some like cheap lights if you want them. You could also use a Rode lapel mic. That's what you want. If if it's just a boom mic, that's okay. But I think the lapel mic of just one speaker is night and day better. Um and you you attach that to a Sony A6400 and you're rocking and rolling man you don't even need to do much editing you could just cut and drop right right Stu i mean what do you think about that setup
2: yeah, so hey, I'm going to do a screen share right here. Have I sent such a, ch- or a a message on this to see if I had the thumbs up to do this, but I'm just going to okay. go ahead and do it anyway. So here we go, guys. So this is what he's talking about. This is a Rode Wireless Go. That is a wireless lav mic. So Jason is probably also, there's a wired one that could go in your pocket. This is great. It's not that much more extra, and it's a wireless one that would attach to your camera. Um, and this is phenomenal. So if you have a DSLR, a mirrorless camera, not your phone, this will not work with your phone, This is a great option. The Sony, um, I use a Canon M50. There's a lot of entry level cameras you guys can utilize. Um, And a couple that you know, a bunch of people ask about what Studio looks like. This is essentially it. This is an app that we utilize called Studio. All of our classes live right here. So they're able to go ahead, they're able to click on this. Boom. It's all lives in YouTube. But it's all of our content here, and then a member can log the class and blah blah blah. It's just a it's a a third party app. This is by the guys that do Flex. Um, Any of you guys ever seen my content with Joe Tabaldi? This is something he created. It's free for the micro gym industry because so many of us don't have fucking apps. Um, I'll shoot you guys a link on this later. But this is what Jason's talking about. And guys, do this: LED ring light. Get one on Amazon. It's gonna cost you 150, 200 bucks, and it will change the game because how many of you guys have those shitty fluorescent lights? inside of the gym that you know they just don't make for good shooting going to the schedule Evan started with that and I, I got I got carried away and uh, touch on that we're we have a set schedule so we shoot Monday Wednesday Fridays and we shoot for about two hours and then that creates us. we we run a week ahead of time and then that gives us the week to edit it um, I'm utilizing I did this on my last seminar or my last webinar with the uh, tribe I'm using video husky Video Husky is a a great third-party service. Unlimited video editing. It costs just under $500 a month. And you have an amazing, um, you're working with a bunch of guys in the Philippines. They work from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. So the hours are fucked up. Like I'm up late at night getting my video editors to get this shit right. But I'll tell you this, I could never, and I edit videos all the time. I could never churn out the volume of content without this other, uh, without somebody. So you might know a local videographer or an editor. You might want to use a third party system like that. I'll drop a link in there in the chat as well. But, um, that's essentially the scheme that we have. We shoot three days a week. The other days are for editing and planning the next week. And we're uploading every day. Every single day we are uploading Monday through Saturday. Sunday
1: we do not upload. And guys, some of you guys might be sitting here and be like, I just heard $500 a month, right? Before you jumped there, which I understand, and I totally get what Stu's talking about. You could also just, you know, start off simple and start off delivering one program really well. And one program really well is not being in your garage with your phone like this. Like, that's cool, right? And you want to show that community and be like, hey, I'm here with my son. Like, it's cool. But that shouldn't be the product you're trying to sell for a premium. You guys got to remember, our service was so much about touch points engagement, people are coming to the gym and that's what they fell in love with and they paid a premium for that. They wanna to continue to pay a premium but they need to receive a premium product and only for so long are the, you know, selfie videos that are all cut off and you can't see your movement gonna last for. So start off with one program, do it well, keep it simple. If you don't wanna do the editing software, just take the video and edit it down. So, you, so what I do is I have like a tripod. Well, if I'm doing it like on my own, I'll set up a tripod do my little thing, have the audio already connected, go back, turn it off. Later on, I'll just edit it down. No bumpers, no nothing. There's my video, right? And that's a lot better quality than you on your iPhone just trying to selfie. And this Rode mic is a great asset. Um, I can't speak highly enough about it. So just wanted to kind of chime in there because I think that there's – I mean, guys, you guys remember, like, you know, you know, CrossFit's out there doing the support the local box, and there's, there's other things going on, and I get it. And you can have your members doing that, and it's awesome. But at the end of the day, what our focus needs to be is, they were paying us $150, $200 a month to receive some type of value. All I should be focused on as an owner right now is providing our members as much value as humanly possible to keep them on board with what we're doing. Anything outside of that is a distraction as far as I'm concerned. Yep, yeah. I yeah. agree.
2: And remember, the content, it's like Jason said, think about your gyms. Think about them. I mean, how many of them are just stellar and just amazing? Like Barry's boot camp level, high end, a gorgeous ass. They're probably, they're good gym. Like your content can be the same guys. These, you know, again, it's, we're all reset to zero. You know, the nice NC fits or the urban movements of the world. None of that means anything. Sweat towels, none of that means anything. It's all reset to zero. Just think about, make sure that there's some authentic, like really genuine, like guys, Hey, uh, you know, this is Stu here. I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing, but I want to keep delivering you the best workout in Charlotte. So let's get after it today. That tone and that authenticity is going to mean more to them than that great ring light coming in. If you got the cash... You can do it and you want to get better at the shit, then go for it. Absolutely. But we are also saying cash is king right now. Do not go buy a $900 DSLR camera, $200 ring light, $180 road mic, and then you're out of business in three weeks. And then someone else buys that shit for pennies on the dollar. Just be smart, start scrappy, start bootstrapped. And then as you get better with it, iMovie, shit like that, then upgrade to some stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that all makes a lot of sense. Uh, Be consistent, be authentic, and don't overthink it. Um, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I do want to get into a lot of the Q&A when you have a lot of questions flowing in on the side there. I have one final uh, question here up top, which uh, I know you guys, you're not PPP and idle loan experts, but I, I think everybody has a lot of questions on what their experience is in compared to someone like yourselves. So why don't you just give us, I don't know, a few sentences on like where you are with the PPP and idle loan stuff uh, and wh- where, where that's brought Well, I you think
1: Stu and I are, are probably at the same place. I think I'll share for both of us, yeah. um, every owner on this call um, should have applied um, for your initial, um, well, you, first, every owner on this call needs to ensure their financial is as, as buttoned up as you can get, because when the time comes, your application is actually ready to get approved, you need to have all of this readily available. That means your payroll, that means everything. Dot your I's, cross your T's, and if your I's and T's aren't crossed, you're not even gonna get close to getting this loan. Um, so I'll speak for myself. We uh, applied um, EIDN, right? E-I- EIDL. Yeah. yeah. EIDL. We applied for that uh, 10 days ago. Stu applied, I wanna say, 13 days ago. What that, the reason why we applied for that is primarily because there's a $10,000 grant associated with it. So when we're looking at these loans, we're not that interested in taking out SBA loans because loans come with pre, you know, you have to pay them off even though they might have a one year, you know, no, no interest, or whatever, eventually I have to pay them off. So if I don't have to take money, I don't want to, but the $10,000 grant is free money. So everybody should be applying for that, but we haven't heard anything back. And Stu, you haven't heard anything back either, right? Correct. And, and then when it comes to the PPP, that's the payroll protection plan. That's a different thing that we are as on it as you could get. And we have talked to Wells Fargo, bank of America, you name it. And basically everybody is just spinning right now. And so I think what we could do is get your documents in order, go out and talk to your local bank. You're probably gonna have a better shot with that. I know Stu has as well. And just recognize that if the government supports and they actually give us money, to me, I'm gonna look like that. that's cherry on top. I don't think we're gonna get, I'm running our business, like we're not getting any money. Stu, I mean, you're the same.
2: Yeah, if it happens, I get an email one day. It's like, you're like going me finding 20 bucks in my pocket. It's going to be a good day. But beyond that, that's not the plan. I don't, it's not even part of my process or my mindset.
1: Yeah. Because you guys got to remember, you know, the, the government's talking a big, big game, which by the way, I'm all for it. Right. Uh, eight weeks of, of, you know, expenses of payroll and and rents and different types of stuff. I mean, it's huge for us. Right. Well, huge. But the problem is, is that, um, what they're trying to accomplish in a week, you know, normally takes, you know, years to even get the, 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 the system, the processes in place to actually enact on it. And I'm worried that they just got so bombarded. You know, the unemployment was just 17 million people went in there. And I'm worried that if we do get funding, it's not going to happen quick. And it's, and it's not going to, you know, there might not be enough there. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, one thing too, one thing I've been tele- coaching everybody on is uh, the idea, we talked about this last night, you need to figure out your runway or your burn rate a lot of you guys, if you don't track your finances, now is a really good time to sit down and figure out your finances. You need to go ahead and figure out what your, you know, kind of your gross profit was before all this, and kind of where you're at. And then you need to look at the cancellations. You have, you know, how to figure out your average client value, and if it's not, Google it; it's out there. And you need to figure out what is my runway. Like shit, I'm currently profitable seven grand, but if 27 people cancel times my average client value. I'm back to zero and I gotta lay off all my people. You guys need to come up with your runways. What is that number? Everyone should have a number in their head. If 44% of my membership were to cancel at Urban Movement, I already have tier one plan, DEFCON one. Hey, Isaac and Deuce, it's gonna be payroll cut time. You guys are gonna go on a little, you guys are gonna make less money right now. If we get to blank DEFCON two, then I'm gonna do pull a fucking uh you know a Batman or a Joker, snap the pool stick, throw in the middle, and say we're having tryouts and see who wins, right? And it just it's one of those things where you just have to plan for the worst, hope for the best. So please, from a numbers perspective, and Jason spent a lot more time talking about the numbers side than I have. Know your runway. How long can we last? And how many members? So every day, if there's a cancellation or a hold or a freeze, whatever the fuck you call these things money's not coming in ultimately is the end common denominator. How many of those need to happen before you are at that, oh shit moment, not factoring yeah. in free rent, not factoring in government assistance money or any of that.
1: Yeah. And if you've, and if you've paid your rent without at least talking to your landlord, I think you're probably doing yourself a disservice. I agree. So, you know, um, to put in perspective, we didn't pay any of our rents on anything. thing. Um, that's because not only do I have in the, in the County of Santa Clara, there's a, you need to look in your state and local guidelines, but if you didn't at least reach out to your landlord and use terms, you know, like use some aggressive terms like, hey, there's been a, you know, a huge dramatic decrease, whatever. You got to come up with your language that you're going to go out to your landlord with because they could maybe give you some type of a, uh, you know, resolution there.
2: And I'm a big forgiveness versus permission kind of guy. And I am a landlord. I'm not telling you just not to cut your landlord a check, have a conversation, but I promise you this, what the fuck is he going to do? <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, but I'm dead honest. I'm not telling you not to pay it, but you have the leverage, not the landlord. I guarantee it right now. All my guys and buddies that are in commercial real estate, we're all talking about like, we are all literally doing anything we can to accommodate our tenants because nobody wants to have an empty building in August of 2020. Uh Uh-uh. That market rent is going to be much lower than what we signed in July of 2018.
0: Going to shift into the Q&A from the the live chat here. Got a lot of stuff flowing in. So I'm just going to kind of rapid fire them out to you. You guys can jam on it however you want. Are you, A lot of what we've been talking about, guys, is based on member retention. You, know, you have a set number of members and you're kind of trying not to lose them, deliver as much value as possible. Are either of you thinking about member acquisition strategies and going on the offensive right now, whether it's new advertising, new B2B initiatives to generate community and get more involvement? Are you guys soliciting signups at this present day?
2: Near you. Which one do
1: you want to go first? Uh, I think we should just, if, uh, Evan, if you just want to point it to one of us, I think we can get through these a little bit quicker. Cool. Let's just start. Yep. Let's go East Coast, West Coast. All right.
2: So uh, we are not currently in a growth pattern, we're in a hold part pattern and maintain pattern. We are not going to be running uh, anything currently. There is going to be a point. But we will execute on that when I've got a light at the end of the tunnel as dictated by government, local, national, whatever it is. We don't have that point right now. A lot of you guys have been pitched the idea of 60, 90-day action plans and now how to sell online training. And these gym owners are really scared, but now they're selling online training and everything's okay. And those individuals um, that are pitching that to you, in my opinion, are setting you up for not, uh, not as appropriate success. You weren't set up to be an online training company. If you were an OPEX gym, we all familiar with that brand of fitness and how they deliver it. They're perfectly set up for this. This is like amazing for them. They're just fucking into, this is great. We were not. We're brick and mortar and social. We weren't set up for that. And for you to pivot to online training and think you're going to do it well enough to acquire new clients from it. I think you could have some early success. I think you need to focus on taking care of the X amount of people in your building. And retention is key. When you feel your contents game is at the top. Maybe you're doing individualized workouts for people at the same rate of their current membership, as long as they keep paying or whatever that you've gone all the way down the content and service evolution, which will be part of this content bundle package that I send out to you guys. When you've gone all the way through that, then I think you talk about pivoting your business. What are, you, what are you, going to tell me? You're going to install 32 different systems, become an online training company. And then in four months, you're back in your building and you still have a three and a half year fucking lease on your commercial property. And you're going to, what, what are you going to do that? Uh, pivoting and changing the business completely are two different things. I just don't recommend gym owners be like, Oh, I'm going to be an online business now. I'm like, no, you're not asshole. You still have a lease for four years.
0: Jason.
1: Oh, we're going back and forth. Uh, Yeah. I mean, for us, we're, we're a different business. As to said, I I completely agree with what he just said. um, But we already have an online platform that we've been using for B2B, right? We have a lot of gym owners that utilize our programs and session plans. We're not pursuing that right now except for retaining and adding value for that demographic we're not going out and trying to get more gym owners on our program necessarily right now but for our end consumer b2c we are pursuing that strongly because that's something we're already positioned well to do while we're still trying to retain our current members so for us it works to go attract this new demographic of end consumers which we haven't been focused on or even e-commerce which was something we hadn't been focused on because we're in a different boat. So I, I don't even want to speak to that because if I was an owner operator, I'd be doing one thing, one thing all day. How do I take my 150 members and text them, email them, communicate with them, over service the hell out of them so that when they do send me an email to put on hold, I know that I did everything in my, in my heart to keep them supporting our business. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah, but hope- we're on a different page.
0: Yeah, and I hope you guys just heard what Jason said there because I think a lot of people sometimes look at uh, Jason and think about, well, he has 20, 20 full-time staff or whatever, and you know, what would I do if I only had one or two, two members? So I think he just kind of laid that out for you guys. Amanda asks, what do you guys do to ensure that community feeling stays present without a physical space besides offering extra value? Stu, let's start with you.
2: Yeah, um, maybe, uh, yeah Armand here. Yeah, what, I saw this one come through. Um, so he, the community feel, here's the deal. I, uh, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't sell community in the beginning. I realized that people came for the socialization of there. the one thing I'm not putting on a burden of my company's shoulders is this getting people in there. I know I've seen a lot of gyms do like virtual happy hours and stuff like that on zoom. We are, we're not doing that. We have, you know, we have, you know, we're utilizing the stations and the Facebook pages. We are, you know, engaging with members one-on-one, one-off conversations. What I think members really want. It's not the other 249 people in your building, your other members. Like, my members miss walking in and having that, like, 45 seconds of, like, shoot the shit with the front desk girl that they know. Like, oh, my God, my legs are so tired from yesterday's workout. That was crazy. How are you? How's the white? Like, that kind of, that little interaction, that's what we've been pushing really hard on. So, like, my staff will call and be like, hey, so did you hit yesterday's workout? And they're like, yeah, I did. And, like, so what would you think of it? Was the leg part hard? Was this hard? What did you use for a kettlebell? blah, blah. And just real quick, three, four, five minutes, boom, on to the next one. Just those little pitches. I don't know how many of you guys have reached out to people you haven't talked to in a while. I've got, I'm t- calling old family members that I haven't spoke to in forever. Friends I haven't touched base with since college. Because you do miss that part. So group connectivity, I really am not trying to make all these fuckers be able to see each other. And that's not what I'm trying to deliver and putting a burden on. My staff to my clients on a one-on-one or a very small, you know, in- group scenario via a touchpoint, like on a Facebook group or whatever, is as close as we're going to get to that. Um, But yeah, I'm going to keep trying to just deliver good workouts, entertaining workouts, give them the equipment to do it, and uh, help reassure them that everything's going to be okay.
1: Yeah. And Evan, I'll just add, this isn't pertaining to this, but I think for everybody listening, what Stu just said was great. I I really do. I believe in what he just said. Um, I think that it's really important for all of us to recognize that right now, If someone's selling you 60, 90 days, it's very difficult for me to wrap my head around. What we should be doing as an organization is tightening up the ship, make sure that our cash flow, do everything in our power to keep cash, mitigate risk, get, hold on. Just hold, 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 hold. Until we get the, you know, okay, we see the light at the end of the tunnel as Stu was talking about. And then we start creating our plan for what I like to call the second January, right? I'm thinking about it as, The second January, we all know that in January it's a good time for fitness industry in general, right? We are gonna have a huge influx if we could hold tight. There will be consolidation in our space. Let's just face it. I think 30% of CrossFit gyms are gonna go out of business. Okay? 20 to 30 percent. Okay. When that happens, there will be consolidation. What I think is important is hunker down the ship, make sure you're making appropriate decisions. Don't make any rash decisions. Just think thoroughly, pivot effectively, and hold on. Because once we reopen, you can get back into what made your gym successful in the first place. And for those gyms that were barely hanging on, it might be a good time to um, evaluate what your next steps are and if this is going to be the right time to reopen.
2: We all think we're stuck with one thing. I think I have like, why would anyone keep paying me? Like we have doomsday. Like why would we keep paying for Zoom and pre-recorded on-demand content or whatever? There is an evolution of this thing. Like, you know, at gyms, they just started with a Zoom call and then they went ahead and say, like, okay, now we're doing pre-recorded. And that was 10, day, 10 days later. And then maybe another 10 days. They're like, we're also going to do templates. We know some of you guys have very specific goals. So here's some templated workouts you could do as well. And then 10 days later, they go, now we're doing individualized. Like there is definitely like a slow drip of an, an evolution of your offering. And again, it'll be in this content thing they'll send out to you guys. But think about that. Like you can always make it a little bit better. And I would recommend don't come out the woodwork with everything immediately. I would just slow drip it over time to continue because the novelty is there. Why did Zoom work so well? And all you guys are like, oh my God, Zoom is going to save my business because you had a ton of people jump on in the beginning. It was kind of nifty and neat. And then it loses its appeal. So a constant like just, you know, shedding up the old skin and just a little bit something newer and different each time is a lot of fun. Podcasting. Last time Jason, when he had me on his podcast, I talked to you guys about podcasting. This is a great time now than ever. Storytell what the fuck your members are doing. I've got a member on this call right now, and I think he's just watching for shits and giggles, but I might go ahead and get him on a call with me and, you know, one of my managers, and we might just shoot the shit and see, hey, what's it like being COVID-19 lockup with your four kids? I bet you got some funny fucking stories. Let's jam on it. And members will listen to it. Why? Because they're bored. And it keeps them engaged. Engagement wins. Engagement for the win, whether they listen, they watch, they comment. Engagement for the win. If you have 200 members and you can quantify how what percentage of members actively engage on my YouTube, watch it, talk on the comment, the social media on the Facebook group, are replying to the text messages and emails, borrowed equipment, and you could quantify that and be like, shit, only 30% of our memberships engaged right now. I don't even know what the other 60, 40, you know, 70% are doing. That's a problem.
0: Yeah. For folks who uh, haven't decided whether or not they're going to discount memberships, uh, deliver more value and maintain the same cost there. What is your approach right now on on discounting memberships? Stu, you can start.
2: We just, the only thing we did is we're not, you know, we're sticking with our 30 day cancellation notice. It's there for a reason. It's going to stay there. Um, But if you did get laid off or furloughed and you bring me proof, of it, we will give you a financial hardship membership, fifty percent off. We push that out until the, you know the current April thirtieth. I know we're gonna have to extend that beyond it, but that's it. So that's the only reason. Like if you're just like, I want to be careful with my money, and you want to cancel, that's fine. It's a thirty day notice, just like we normally would get out of anybody at any given time. Yeah. So, so
1: we're Evan. I mean, I, I you know I see it differently, right? I'm a I'm a big customer is always right. Um, you know I look at it like you're playing uh, you're playing blackjack, right? And if you always you know, play, by the, play by the rules, eventually the house wins or whatever, right? You, you might get screwed every now and then by a member taking advantage of you. But for the most part, we always go by whatever the member wants, we provide. And um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, for us, that's what we've done. And we put out the digital product because we also have a very robust digital system. If we didn't have as much of a digital system, and if I had 100 members, I would be doing everything I can just to keep their membership afloat. Um, but we did it the opposite. And I think it's really interesting. I I do want to share a statistic with you guys because I think you guys might be intrigued on this one way or another. I don't know what this says, but out of two of our locations in the Bay Area, Mountain View and Redwood City, we have about, um, between those two, 900 active members on a regular basis coming to the gym. With those two locations only, when we put everybody on hold, we had 189 of them Asked to keep their membership at full freight. So I don't know if that means that what we did was a good idea or a terrible idea. Did we give up a bunch of revenue? Or did people not want to pay for something that they weren't getting that same value for? And we had an increased level of customer service. I don't know. I just think that's interesting numbers to share with you guys. And it's also at scale, right? I don't have the same relationship with 900 members at those two sites that you might have with 100 members that you're getting. I'm
0: just sharing that with you guys. Cool. We have a a few more minutes here, guys. So if you have any final questions, I would get them in. I have a few here that uh, we'll keep going on for another minute or two. Uh, Will y'all – I got to say it with the accent. Will y'all be looking at using personal protective gear whenever you open back up? Whoever asked that, I hope I did your voice I justice. think
2: I, I do. I think the one thing, the big thing is going to change for us, the hygiene and the way our gyms are clean and the COVID-19 certified cleaning formulas and the companies that are going to come out of the ashes of this whole thing that are going to now help you spray down the bars every single day. I'm really happy because a lot of dirty fucking CrossFit gyms are going to start being real clean real quick. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. Charlotte, you know, the local health system here in Charlotte has told everybody, wear a mask. Even if it doesn't protect you from the, the virus, it's a good physical reminder not to touch your face, which makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do yet. And, and that's, that's something I wouldn't worry about it at this, this point.
1: You know, guys, I'll also just share with you from personal experience. So there was a while in my life when my daughter was going through chemotherapy that I was very like Purell all the time, washing my hands, wearing a mask. Like I, we had to be that way, right? It was, it was that way. And we were that way for about, uh, about a year and a half. So a pretty long time, right? And then, you know, chemo started to slow down, you start getting normal, but it took me about a year to get normal again, where I wasn't like overly attentive to all doing this. And so I'm just sharing that with you guys as an example that it's going to take people a few months to get back into a normal routine where they're not going to be walking around Purell all the time. I just think that's, it will come out to be back to normal. I think people will shake hands again. I just think it'll take months. And I think class reservation systems and appropriate cleaning measures, getting ahead of it and noting with your members what you're doing is key. We could come back on a webinar and do a pod, uh, do a webinar on that. Once we know what that that timeline looks like, we could sit down and say, "Hey, we're capping classes at this. We're announcing for our members to doing this, and we're increasing air ventilation by doing whatever." You know, those are all things that I think we could talk about once we know what the next steps are. It's going to take
2: people a while to get back to their normal routine. A hundred percent. The day that your city lifts the restrictions on non-essential businesses, the doors aren't going to flood open with everybody. You'll have like, just like you had that core group that were probably the last ones to like leave. We all probably had people that were staying at home before we, they were forced to stay at home. They were more proactive with it. You're going to have early adopters and laggards, just like you do with everything in the market. I think you're going to have those early adopters that would literally, they would show up no matter it, show up right now. If you were open, like you'll have that initial group, but you're probably not going to be at your normal capacity again for a while. This, this thing is going to be felt. It's like, a, it's like an atomic bomb. The fallout of this is what I'm really, the thing I'm thinking about. Not what's happening now. We know what's happening now. It's the fallout in 2021, how the webinars that me and Jason Travel put together then. Like, oh man, I wish I would have known during COVID that this is how it was going to be. I didn't realize my new reality was going to look like this. That, those are the things that, that are more or less keeping me up at night.
0: Yeah. That's great. Listen, I don't think we have any uh, other questions coming in that, that I need to ask. I have some flowing in, but I think you've already answered them. So a lot of the the recordings, um, which we will share, if you guys aren't already, there's a, an Enduring Coronavirus Facebook group for uh, gym owners, fitness studio owners. Uh, just if you Google or Google, if you go to Facebook and just type in Enduring Coronavirus, you'll find us. Uh, I'll be sharing the recording there. Uh, we're doing a Facebook Live right now. So I'll have Shay, who's also on our tribe team, upload it as well. So if you want the, the quickest access to, to the recording itself, go to our Facebook group. That's where it's going to be posted. And then again, we have a content package coming out with assets from all three of us, Jason, uh, Stu, and myself at Tribe. Uh, so that, that'll be coming direct to your emails as soon as this is over. If we're wrapping it now, I would anticipate in the next 60 minutes, you guys will have it. Um, so, I mean, I think that's all we got for right now. I, do, I would love to connect with you guys again. Uh, but we'll digest. You know how this went afterwards. I hope everyone found a lot of value in this. Uh, I really think that. You know, I certainly did. Together, I think we'll we'll be doing a lot more of these, whether it's with these gentlemen or with other folks. But we want to just say thanks a lot for attending, and to you guys, Jason and Stu, thanks so much for taking the time again.
1: Yeah, thank you, everybody. If you guys anything, just uh, there'll be an email on the PDF we sent out or text. Just hit us up. Look, I, I know Stu and I. I really appreciate him because he's not coming here saying. I know exactly what to do. We're simply just sharing what we're doing. And right. it's not what, just cause we're doing it doesn't make it perfect for you. And I think that's important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you guys know
2: how to reach us. We're both really active. Shoot us DMs, questions, anything like that. And more than happy to help. Take care guys.